Hey, it's Nathan, and this is the Bible in 90 Days, day number 20, and we are in 1 Samuel 3 through 15. We begin today again with 1 Samuel chapter 3. By the way, this is a chapter you should read. In it, we find the story of young Samuel's call to serve God. In short, the young boy receives a sober message of judgment from God during the night. The next morning, Eli insists that young Samuel share exactly what God has told him, though the boy is reluctant. And the message, judgment against Eli's household, will be carried out just as God has already warned. The chapter concludes with these words about Samuel, and I quote, The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. Chapter 4 tells how the Israelites foolishly carried the ark into battle with the Philistines as if it were a good luck charm. However, the Philistines rally and steal the ark, dealing a devastating defeat to the Israelite forces, including the death of Hophni and Phinehas, Eli's two sons, just as prophesied. When the news is brought to Eli, now an old overweight man, He falls over backwards, breaks his neck, and dies. Again, in line with the prophecy. His daughter-in-law, upon hearing the news, goes into labor. She gives birth to a son and names him Ichabod, saying, The glory has departed from Israel, for the ark of God has been taken. Chapter 5 tells of the trouble that accompanies the stolen ark, which is taken first to the Philistine city of Ashdod and put in the temple of Dagon. The next morning, the statue of Dagon is found on its face before the ark. The statue is repaired, but found again the following morning on its face. The statue, excuse me, to make matters worse, people begin breaking out with tumors. So they send the ark to Ekron and trouble happens there too. In fact, death had filled the city with panic. So they call a meeting of the Philistine rulers, send the ark of the God of Israel away. Let it go back to its own place or it will kill us and our people. Chapter 6 continues this story, telling how the ark is returned to Israel. The people come up with an ingenious idea. Put the ark on a cart pulled by two cows with young calves. Lock the calves up. If the mother cows head for Israel, pulling the cart that carries the ark, instead of returning to their calves, then the people will know that it is the hand of God. Incidentally, They include gold replicas of tumors and rats with the ark on its return trip. Those gold replicas, by the way, represent the plagues that had taken place and are a Philistine guilt offering. The nosy Israelites who dare to look in the ark when it arrives in Israel at Beth Shemesh die. So the people of Kiriath-Jerim are asked to come get it, that is, to come get the ark. Chapter 7 records the ark 
is taken to the house of one Abinadab. His son Eliezer is, a con- is consecrated to guard it. It remains here at his home for a long time. In fact, until King David retrieves it. But that's the story for another day. The majority of chapter 7 is devoted to the defeat of the Philistines at Mizpah. The Israelites have assembled there for a ceremony of recommitment to God at Samuel's invitation because of great oppression at the hands of the Philistines. God delivers Israel with loud thunder. And then these words, Then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shen. He named it Ebenezer, saying, Thus far has the Lord helped us. So the Philistines are subdued and and stop invading Israel's territory. Throughout Samuel's lifetime, the hand of the Lord is against the Philistines. And then these words, final words from the chapter, Samuel continued as Israel's leader all the days of his life. And now to chapter 8, and another chapter you should read, goes like this. Chapter 8 represents a major shift in the story of Israel. The people ask for a king. Samuel's sons turned aside after dishonest gain, and I'm quoting, and accepted bribes and perverted justice. So all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah. They said to him, you are old and your sons do not follow in your ways. No appoint a king to lead us, such as all the other nations have. But when they said, give us a king to lead us, this displeased Samuel. So he prayed to the Lord and the Lord told him, listen to all that the people are saying to you. It is not you they have rejected, but they have rejected me as their king. Samuel then proceeds to tell them how the kings will abuse their power. But the people insist. No, they say, we want a king over us. And I'm quoting. Then we will be like all the other nations with a king to lead us and to go out before us and fight our battles. Chapter 9 records the anointing of a tall, handsome Benjamite, Saul, who will be the first king of Israel. Saul had arrived in Ramah in search of his family's lost donkeys. They had sought the prophet Samuel for help in locating them, but their journey turns out to be much more. Samuel anointing Saul to be king. Chapter 10 begins with the anointing of Saul. The prophet Samuel tells him to head for Gilgal, where he is to await Samuel's arrival, who will come to offer sacrifices. Saul is then introduced to the people at Gilgal, though reluctantly. Instead of parading in as the anointed king, he hides in the luggage until found. Samuel expounds on the rights and duties of kingship and then dismisses everyone though not everyone is happy with the outcome. Chapter 11 tells the story of the rescue of the city of Jabesh. And I'm quoting, Nahash the Ammonite went up and besieged Jabesh Gilead. And all the men of Jabesh said to him, Make a treaty with us, and we will be subject to you. But Nahash the Ammonite replied, I will make a treaty with you only on the condition that I gouge out the right eye of every one of you, and so bring disgrace on all Israel. Saul musters a 330,000-man army to deal with this threat against Jabesh Gilead. The next day, Israel's forces gain a decisive victory over the Ammonites. 
Then all the people go down to Gilgal at Samuel's invitation and officially make Saul king. Chapter 12 is Samuel's magnificent farewell speech and worth reading. In it, he briefly recounts the history of Israel, urging them to be faithful to God. And I quote, When you saw that Nahash, king of the Ammonites, was moving against you, you said to me, No, we want a king to rule over us, even though the Lord God was, our, was your king. Now here is the king you have chosen, the one you asked for. See, the Lord has set a king over you. If you fear the Lord and serve and obey him and do not rebel against his commands, and if both you and the king who reigns over you follow the Lord your God, good. But if you do not obey the Lord and if you rebel against his commands, his hand will be against you as it, is, as it was against your ancestors. Then it miraculously thunders and rains as a confirmation of the foolishness of Israel's request for a king. The people ask Samuel to pray for them. Do not be afraid, and I'm quoting. Samuel said, You have done all this evil, yet do not turn away from the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. Chapter 13 begins by informing us Saul was 30 years old when he became king, and he reigned over Israel 42 Years. The tragic story is then told of the Philistines gathering as the sand on the seashore to attack Israel. The soldiers under Saul's command hid wherever they could, some even deserting, terrified. Impatient for Samuel to show up and offer sacrifice, Saul takes on the task himself. It is the first of many tragic mistakes. When Samuel arrives, he says to Saul, you have done a foolish thing. You have not kept the command of the Lord your God. If you had, he would have established your kingdom over Israel all, for all time. But now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him ruler of his people. Because you have not kept the commands, the Lord's command. The end of the chapter notes that because of the Philistine oppression, the Israelites are without weapons. Chapter 14 details a remarkable victory over the Philistines inspired by Jonathan and his armor bearers act of daring faith in God, attacking a hilltop Philistine outpost single-handedly. That day also involves another foolish decision by Saul, forbidding the soldiers to eat anything until evening. Jonathan, Saul's son, who had missed the foolish order, is discovered to have eaten honey. His father almost kills him, except the soldiers won't allow it. The last couple of verses in the chapter recount Saul's family. Finally, chapter 15, our last chapter, is tragic, perhaps the most tragic in the entire book, as it records the story of Saul losing his right to the throne. You should read it. God, through Samuel, had instructed Saul to annihilate the Amalekites for waylaying Israel during the Exodus. Saul doesn't do it. Instead, he saves the king, Agag, and some of the best of the livestock. God's word to Samuel about Saul, and I quote, I regret that I have made Saul king because he has turned away from me and has not carried out my instructions. 
When Saul and Samuel meet, the prophet has stern words for the rebellious king. And I quote again, Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. For rebellion is like the sin of divination, and arrogance like the evil of idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. And these words a bit later, You have rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord has rejected you as king over Israel. Later, Samuel executes the ruthless king Agag, whom Saul had spared. Here are the final heartbreaking words of the chapter. Then Samuel left for Ramah, but Saul went to his home in Gibeah of Saul. Until the day Samuel died, he did not go to see Saul again, though Samuel mourned for him. And the Lord regretted that he had made Saul king over Israel. That's all for today. 